0: Everybody welcome to this week in Roast Battle where we cover the top 5 battles of the week and all of the goings on across the worldwide Roast Battle League. I am the commissioner of the Roast Battle League. My name is Pat Barker and I'm joined by the lovely and brilliant Sarah Keller. Sarah, how's it going?
1: I'm great, thanks. Thank you for adding in brilliant and not just lovely.
0: It was it's very well deserved.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Anyone who kicks the shit out of me in a roast battle gets to be brilliant for the rest of their lives. Oh wow. So.
1: I'm going to ride that credit forever.
0: <laughs> for, for sure. Use that. Uh, and I'm excited to be here with you. You've been around Roast Battle a long time. We have seen thousands of battles. So many. And now we will be here breaking down the top five of every week. You excited for this?
1: I'm very excited. I love talking strategy of Roast Battle and breaking down individual moments and what made that work and what made it didn't work and how it could have worked. And there's no one better to talk about it with than you.
0: So. Well, thank you, and no better place to start than here in Los Angeles. That's where the show started almost a decade ago, and that's where our first episode will start. This is the number five battle of the week. This is from the Belly Room at the Comedy Store. Uh, this is Evan Warner versus Mike Silver, and it may have broken a roast battle record.
1: I think it definitely broke a roast battle re- record. So let's let's watch let's it. Let's check it out. Uh,
2: Mike Silver looks like the kind of guy who would say I'll wrestle
3: you for it. Evan would be a school shooter. He just had an asthma attack when he tried to pick up a rifle. You look like a drug dealer's plus one. <laughs> Evan wears boots and a belt so on a on a windy day he doesn't get blown away. Mike Silver has been to the suicide ward three times. Tonight, let's make it
0: four. Evan's allergic to horses, so every time he fucks
3: his ex-girlfriend, he needs an EpiPen action. God, nah, that just gives me a rash. All right, all right, break this shit up. God
0: damn that was the quickest thing I've ever seen. Evan Warner, Mike summer now keep it going. Was- wow. Wow. Um, I'm going to state the obvious right here. I think we're going to have uh, maybe uh, better battles. Yes. Today, this is number five for a reason, because I have never seen a battle go that fast.
1: It took them longer to decide who was going to go first.
0: <laughs> than to actually do but the battle. The entire thing. Yeah, I mean, normally on the show, we're going to have to break it into, into clips and show kind of the best of. This was front to back, maybe under a minute. That broke the sound barrier. That was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard jokes that go longer than that entire battle go.
0: Yeah. Uh, the thing that I really liked about the battle, um, besides how quick it went, um, <laughs> rapid fire <laughs> jokes, uh... There, there's a style of writing that I don't necessarily possess, uh, which is the you look like joke. Um, and when Evan said you look like a drug dealer's plus one, like I'm always fascinated by that because my, my brain doesn't work that way. Um, but it was such an astute, uh, I'm not even totally sure it made sense, but in that moment it did.
1: I think that's the true beauty of the looks like joke is that if you really think about it too much, you're like, does that even make sense? Yeah. But it initially hits and makes you laugh. I personally love looks like jokes and we'll probably write like 60 of them and hot nonsense will be 58 of them. But I, again, I think that's the beauty of a looks like joke is that it, you, you can't think about it too much. Yeah. And I, I loved that. I mean, you hear my dumb laugh in the <laughs> tape, uh, cause I loved that joke in the moment. I was not the biggest fan of Mike's last joke, even though it did really well in the room. Um, only because the punchline was Evan's girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, not Evan. And that's, like, super picky, but, like, I, I want a roast joke about the opponent, Are not you, about their family, friends, whatever. I, I'm,
0: I'm going to beg to do, You didn't like it because it involved horses. You're a big horse person.
1: Um, I'm also allergic to horses. Uh, I'm just not a pussy, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love any joke with an EpiPen reference, so I was a fan of it. But that, that is a thing that we we do see a lot where the punchline is about somebody who's not on stage. Lord knows that's a thing that I've gone through a whole yeah. bunch in the past. So I think that that's a, a really um, astute thing to, to know. I was too busy laughing. The word EpiPen is just funny. So
1: it, is, it is funny.
0: That hit for me. Um, but great, great opening battle. Uh, Evan took the win in that one. Uh, Evan is now, I believe, 3-1 and, and potentially on his way to an undercard title shot soon, so that'll be exciting to check out. Speaking of undercards, we have a couple of interesting battlers from New York who are not some of the more experienced battlers. Uh, they got up there and really put on a cool show uh, this past week. This is Talent Harris and Sam DeLuise, and uh, I really enjoyed this one. All
3: right, it's on Talent. Climbing up for these two battlers. It the teachers. Come on. Um, uh, the blackest thing about Stan is that he's diabetic. Almost <laughs> as disappointing as being named talent and not having any. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that joke in third grade. All right. Um, uh, Stan, he looks like a Marvel multiverse version of uh, Kanye West, but instead of. <laughs> But, but instead of getting into a car accident, he got into MIT. <laughs> Thank you, Whack Panther. Oh. Damn, if you're here, who's selling candy on
2: the subway to raise money for their basketball team?
3: <laughs> that's, good, that's good writing, that's probably right. his girlfriend is actually a white BBW, you know? So the second blackest thing about Stan is that he likes fat, black, white, I mean fat, white women. Fuck. Fuck! Uh, Talon obviously, uh, you know, got that, got that name from his dad, that's cool. Um, if you let other people give you that name, it would be more appropriate, like, uh, unsuccessful Harris, or never gonna make it Harris, or baby Dick Harris. Nobody believes that. All right. Last <laughs> joke. Um, so I, early, I was outside smoking, and I heard uh, Stan say "nigga," and it was kind of. It, it felt offensive. <laughs> I felt like he, pe- he picked up the N word in college. <laughs>
0: Uh, that was, for lack of a better word, that was kind of an ass-kicking.
1: Yeah, I would agree completely. I mean, talent has so much talent. It's so stupid, but...
0: He has something that I don't think you see often in Roast Battle, which is he's cool. We are a very, <sighs> by and large, Roast Battlers are a very uncool group of people. Yes. Um, And he just made it look so natural. Like, I felt like in the best way possible, he wrote those jokes on the way to the venue. Like, fuck, I got to do this thing. Let me put together five hot jokes. He wasn't looking at his phone. He was cool. He was collected. The -the off-the-cuff remarks, everything was hitting. Um, It was a really impressive performance.
1: I I couldn't agree more. Uh, He rolled with everything that Stan was throwing at him, and Stan was on his phone, like you said, so he just didn't have the, the same connection with the audience. Like, talent just stayed in the pocket. And I think the only time he flubbed was not in his flub but in making a big deal out of it cuz at least from my perspective I was watching him and I'm like bro we don't care.
0: It's I like, don't I, I don't even agree with that. I think his flub and subsequent reaction was hilarious. It, he was just in a zone where everything he did was working yes. including that.
1: It was very charming.
0: When your biggest fuck up gets a bigger laugh than your opponent's best joke? Yeah. That's uh, that's how you know you're uh, you're doing pretty well. And I like some of the writing from Stan. It was just he got outswagged on that one pretty hard.
1: One hundred percent. I was I was gonna say the same thing. Stan had some good jokes, like the look the. I was gonna say it's similar to a looks like joke in the how why are you here and not who's selling the basketball, candy bars?
0: Yeah, candy bars for, their for the basketball team.
1: team. That's another like. That's basically a you-looks-like joke. Yeah. He just reworded it, yeah. um, and I really liked that one, but like you said, he just got out swagged.
0: Very, a very impressive performance. I uh, hope we see a lot more from Talon Harris coming up soon. Two battlers that we've seen a lot from over the years out here in L.A. Uh, are up next. Uh, these are two of our more experienced battlers, probably 40 battles between the two of them. Uh, this is Mark Stevens versus Kelsey Lane uh, from the belly room, and this one was a phenomenal battle. Mark! <laughs> Kelsey! Kelsey has great hygiene because she's been getting groomed by band guys since she was 15 years old.
2: How did Roe v. Wade just get overturned and you're still the saddest pussy in this country?
0: Kelsey, you are so emo. You don't shave your legs. You cut them into pieces as your last resort.
2: Mark is so creepy every time we hang out, I have to go home and check myself as safe
3: on Facebook.
2: Kelsey looks like she lost her virginity at a newfound glory hole. (laughs) I just feel like Mark would rape you and then ask you if you came. (laughs)
0: Looking at- Kelsey, just looking at you, I don't know if your dad should have hugged you more or fucked you less. That's
3: a good joke. That's a good
2: joke. Uh, Mark and his girlfriend are both Armenian. They met through a mutual friend, human Trafficking.
0: In high school, Kelsey was voted most likely to make someone else's rape more about her.
2: from Boston, so he says the other with a wicked hard R.
0: So that was uh, a very impressive performance from both. Both. I thought that was a very good battle, uh, but Kelsey Lane was on another level in that one.
1: I mean, I can't believe she used the considerate rapist joke on, on number three. Like, usually you save your strongest one for the end because it's hard like they both struggled afterwards to come back from the momentum of that Hmm. and it was just an interesting I mean it didn't matter because she blew him out of the water but it just was an interesting strategy it's
0: interesting that you say that because I think it actually worked out for her and the reason I'll say that is this Kelsey ended up going second so if she had saved it for last it would have been the last joke of the battle Mark's last joke which came before hers, uh. was also a rape joke. I've seen that happen a bunch where you have a specific topic, in this case rape, and <laughs> the person who get who beats the other person to the punch and hits the punchline first, it's almost like if you're Mark in that moment and somebody has just hit you with a rape joke that blew the room up, you have to evaluate, is my joke good enough? Because the shock value of the word is gone, which is a big part of the joke. So by the time you get to Mark, he had lost some steam by doing another rape joke because I feel like the room was like, we heard that and it was better.
1: That is a very astute observation. And it's also something like, I never thought about the irony of like Mark doing a rape joke. Like, you know yeah. everyone is going to do... Rapist jokes about Mark Stevens. That's just, that's, I don't know why. That's just what it is. That's his vibe, I guess. Uh-huh. He's going to kill me for saying that. Uh, oh, God, we
0: should probably cut that out. No, we um, are leaving that in for sure.
1: I'm more confident. You, like, ca- you also
0: called him considerate. I just want to yeah, throw that out he's there.
1: very considerate. Considerate uh, rapist.
0: I think where you were headed was, we've all heard this a bunch which is an interesting i think bigger picture debate because and this is something that we've experienced certainly having gone every tuesday for almost a decade now what what are the jokes that you hear and immediately you're you're, and it could be a joke structure it could be a topic but what's the one you hear and you're just like i've heard that too many times and it's just it will never be funny again
1: i am so tired of you look like the pedophile that blank like pedophile jokes uh, i'm just tired Unless it's new. Yeah. But if it starts with you look like the pedophile, that, I'm already tuned out.
0: Yeah. That is an interesting one. I, I, I think um, any combination of you look like this thing fucked that thing. Oh, yeah. That's certainly a format we've heard a bunch. Um, there, there, there's wordplay uh, that I, if, if I hear American history XXL, one more time or for, carrot bottom uh, carrot bottom is a great so
1: one oh sick of carrot bottom
0: for sure and the audience doesn't know because they've never heard anybody say carrot bottom so to yeah. them that is uh a mind-blowing revolutionary thing but to us it's like the first 40 times i heard carrot bottom i gave it a laugh um and then after that there was even one in this battle and this was a great battle and certainly kelsey had a fantastic performance but her first joke I don't remember what it was right now. Sam, can we run that? Can we run that back?
3: How did
2: Roe v. Wade just get overturned? You're still the saddest pussy in this country.
0: That was the one. Okay. That was the one I was referencing. Thank you, Sam. I the, the double... Anybody who's like, pussy means two things. Like, this dude is a pussy and a cat is a pussy. Yeah. So, like, if he has a cat, it's like, how are there two pussies in the same house? Like... I love Kelsey, and I thought she crushed that battle, but I was worried after that joke. Because that's another one that you hear just, like, constantly, the double entendre of, like, this word means two things.
1: Yeah, or, oh, uh, you're so fat, I would eat, you'd only eat pussy covered in blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like.
0: Yeah, that that is, first of all, that's objectively hilarious. A pussy covered in ranch dressing, uh, ketchup, barbecue, insert yep. condiment here. It's great, but uh, that one has been done to death. That's that's another one. But after that, Kelsey uh, absolutely dominated that battle. She's been killing it lately. She killed it up in the Bay Area about a month ago when we went up there. Um, she is definitely somebody to watch out for in the Roast Battle League going forward, I think.
1: I think one of the things that makes Kelsey a very unique battler is she gets away with laughing apologetically at her own jokes. Where most battlers, like, you have to commit to the joke. Because if you don't, then the audience is like, oh, crap, like. We can't laugh at that because they're nervous about it. But Kelsey laughs in such a pure joy way. Yeah. That you're like, oh, okay. Like she realizes she's saying something horrible, but like. She's still going to laugh at it.
0: Likeability is a very uh, underrated talent to have in Roast Battle. I've never had it, so I'm envious of people who have, but Kelsey is very, very easy to like. Let's move on uh, to the great state of Texas right now. This is one of our battles from Austin, which has quickly become a hub for the Roast Battle League. Um, We've done a few live events there, and this is from one of the most recent ones. This is Patrick Depari. Versus Christopher Reese. Uh, it's a very entertaining battle, uh, and I'm ready to take a look at it.
1: I'm excited. I was actually there for the the live version of it, and it was fantastic. So I'm excited to watch it again. I have
0: yet to be at an event at the Vulcan Gas Company, but the venue looks incredible. It sounds incredible, and from everything I've heard, it is an amazing time. So be sure to check out the local roast battle schedule if you're if you're near Austin, because these shows are insane and they always sell out. This is Patrick Depari versus Christopher Reese. Let's check it out.
2: Moms are great Anyways, uh, Patrick's mom died of a heart attack. Oh Don't worry. He looks like Haley Joe Osmond, so maybe he can't see dead people. I will be saving money this weekend, so I'm excited Um, Chris looks like Velma ate all the Scooby snacks He claims he has a really big penis like Fucking huge. But to be fair, every dick looks small next to a four-year-old's mouth. Chris looks like both a lunch lady and a school shooter at the same time. Patrick's from Boston. Yeah, he started comedy there. He actually has a special. Just go on YouTube and type in the Boston Marathon bombing. I mean, to be honest, he killed. Something impressive about Chris, uh, he actually is the world's skinniest juggalo. He does look like he loves ICP, but uh, I'm not talking about
0: insane clown posse. I'm referring to internet child porn. So that was a heavyweight fight. Everything is bigger in Texas, including the battlers, including the crowds, including the jokes. Uh, that was
1: awesome. Like pound, I mean pound for pound, it was great. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that. I like I don't think one of them had a miss.
0: No, there there weren't any misses in there for sure. And I, I think each one of them had a haymaker joke. And th- this is the tricky part. This is where we're snobs. We've seen every roast battle. We've heard every joke. We are very picky about what we like and what we dislike. And I am always blown away when somebody hits an angle that I have not heard before. Yes. Um, and there were a couple of them. I, I want to shout out at the beginning – uh, Christopher's, uh, you know, his joke about uh, he looks like Haley Joel Osment, so maybe you can see dead people in reference to his mom. Flawless. Um, very difficult to set up a joke like that, get all of the, the information in there, and then still hit a punchline that good. Um, and then the way Patrick came back at the end with the one-two punch. I love a good one-two punch. And when he did, you he's the world's skinniest juggalo, which is a good enough joke to stand on its own. And then tagged it with the ICP internet child porn. I mean, when you land a combo like that, it is unbelievably effective.
1: Especially when the first part of the joke hits that hard. Yes. It's so hard to follow yourself. Mm-hmm. And he he did it. He executed it very well. And, again, two looks-like jokes. I love looks-like jokes. Yeah.
0: And these guys are very, very good at them. It helps that they both look like shit. Yes. That makes a looks-like yes. joke easier. Um, if we're being honest. And I say that knowing full well, I kind of look like one of the dudes in that video. Um, you know, Wait, the Haley
1: Joel Osment one or the skinny... I was thinking Juggalo. the Haley Joel
0: Osment one, uh, but you tell me.
1: No, I, that's what I would go with.
0: Too. Um, yeah, but it was, uh, it, it was just great. And we've both been in that scenario, that situation where you have a, a two-part joke lined up, and the first part hits so hard. There's always that little voice in your head that's like, shut the fuck up. Stop. Don't even do the second part. You got the big laugh. And I always go for the second part. (laughs) Mixed results. You hope it works out like that, but a lot of times it doesn't.
1: And that's why, like, when I'm talking to battlers on Tuesdays in the belly room pre-show, I always set up, like, hey, if you have a really good comeback and the crowd explodes, leave it. Like, don't try to follow yourself until you're a Pat Barker. Then go for it. Like, you know, but when when you're one two battles in and you don't know what you're going to do and nine times out of 10 it's not going to you're not going to follow it yourself right
0: but these guys are obviously very experienced they knew what they were doing i will say since we talked earlier about the jokes that we have heard a million times the kill he killed
1: oh yeah kill, the kill, bombing
0: bo- the bombing and and the and the killing uh, I think we could put a moratorium on those, but out of yeah. out of all those jokes we just watched, that was the only one that jumped out at me. Everything else was fresh. It was great. I loved
1: it. And I think that's another perfect example of how you and I are snobs because the audience loved it, but we've heard every version of Boston bombing jokes oh,
0: for sure. And- that that audience is is chugging three dollar bottles of wine from Ralph's, and I'm over here with like a, an 18th century Merlot. Yes, that's been aging yes. in a basement for a while. You know, we are we are definitely snobs. It's not a good thing. Uh, It's just what happens when you watch battles every week for 10 years. Yes. Uh, You run into that. Very rarely are you impressed, but I'll tell you what, the number one battle on this week's episode, I was blown away by. So it's all built up to this. It's time for the number one battle of the week on our inaugural show. And I I, got to say this, the Global Roast Battle League is very exciting. We are represented across three different continents, but no city, has been kicking ass quite like Chicago in the early goings they have the the biggest battles the biggest uh, loudest crowds and and frankly some of the best jokes and i say that as somebody who has spent a lot of time in la i love our scene but i have been so impressed with chicago
1: i couldn't agree more and this this next battle is like a perfect ex- example of that i mean just every joke was original I'm not going to give away too much.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, And one other thing that I love about this, this is a title match. Every city has a main event champion. Some cities have undercard champions. And a lot of times the title matches are a little bit iffy. I don't know if it's pressure. I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know what it is. But we've seen in the past, a lot of times the title matches can be hit or miss. This was a big hit. This is the champion, Grace Leishman, defending her title against Evelyn Troutman. This is a hell of a battle. Let's check it out.
4: Grace is large. (laughs) Or as she would call it, um, it's actually called venti.
3: Yeah,
2: Evelyn, I'm big. This is what happens when you swallow your food.
3: (laughs) (laughs) At least I got
4: here without eating all of my previous opponents.
3: (laughs)
2: She's not wrong. I just like I want to do a really quick um, trigger warning. Evelyn's gonna look like this the whole time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love so, that like,
2: So if you wanna, like, if you wanna close your eyes, or, or, or I can just do what her ex-boyfriends always did and put a bag over her head before I start. Oh. Oh.
4: Uh, Grace is Presbyterian. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought she was equestrian.
0: That's good. <laughs> Another horse I,
2: I find it odd that Evelyn's not Christian, because she looks like she'd really enjoy being crucified. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn can be Hard to beat because she has the voice of a flaccid penis.
4: Uh, Grace's parents got divorced in 2020, which is the same year she got sober which means that Grace's alcoholism was so bad, she ruined someone else's marriage. (laughs) Uh Turns out you can lead a Grace to water, but you can't make her stop drinking.
3: Before
2: the show, um, I told Evelyn that this was going to be a real bloodbath, and her wrists got wet just thinking about it <laughs>
4: grace grace's vagina
3: <laughs>
4: is 6 feet from her mouth <laughs> And she still couldn't get laid during the pandemic.
2: Hey, I I wait to have sex until I like a guy. Evelyn just bends over for anyone who promises to put a cigarette out on her back.
3: <laughs>
4: Thank
2: you, Bojack Horsewoman.
3: Alright, alright, enough. Alright, it up. That's round
4: one. Holy fuck like Republicans should be arguing over whether you're allowed to be in the women's (laughs) league.
0: We got to include that one. That's fucking great. That's so fucking good.
2: Uh, Evelyn's initials are E.T., which explain her many attempts to leave this earth. (laughs)
0: That's great. Still trying. I'm still trying. (laughs) Maybe tonight. Tonight's tonight. Yeah.
4: The bean is actually a true-to-size replica of Grace's clit.
3: <laughs> see me after the show.
4: <laughs> and just like the original, nobody with any shred of dignity actually wants to see it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, Evelyn is taking uh classes in the trapeze and it, she's not good. <laughs> Babe, if you want applause with your feet dangling in the air, use a noose.
3: <laughs> she looks so bored.
4: This is the last joke. This
3: is the, yeah, last joke right here.
4: If Grace was ever raped. <laughs> It would be a me too for
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> clever, clever. It's a great something to, yeah. to get that. Wow. Holy shit. That battle had everything. Everything. There's no doubt that that is the number one battle of the week. I don't even know where to start picking that one apart. Take it away. What do you you think?
1: My first thought was that they used very basic premises, which, I mean, that's what a roast is. You're going to joke about someone's appearance, their sex life. That's just, those are the things we joke about. But they each told jokes that I have never heard that took a hard left turn, and I was like, what? Oh, that was awesome. Uh, Grace... Her joke about the trigger warning. Yeah. I mean, way to take something that is so common. Like, everybody, we know trigger warnings now. I can't believe it hasn't been done. Yeah. And those are my favorite jokes when I'm like, how? They're so simple, and yet they haven't been done.
0: Well, it's a really interesting thing because I would bet if you listen to every roast battle ever done, 90% of the jokes start with the person's name. Sarah did this. There, Here's the setup. Here's the punchline. Pat did that. Here's the setup. Here's the punchline. And what Grace was able to do so effectively was you didn't see where the punches were coming from. Because at, at that point, she doesn't even invoke Evelyn's name until the punchline. Yeah. She comes at it from left field. It was a really interesting way to do it. And you're right. We've never heard anything like that. It's the most effective looks like joke I've maybe ever heard. Uh, just because of the simplicity of it and how you would never see it coming.
1: And I do, you you made me realize what I was trying to verbalize, is that this battle was between two women, obviously, and a lot of times when we have two women, it comes across very catty, sure. and I think that's, you know, the patriarchy, whatever. But because Grace was able to find, like, a backdoor way into it, calling her ugly, it softened it yet so that it didn't seem petty, I
0: guess yeah i think that's a i think that's a really interesting observation and i, I agree with that I, grace was really good from a strategy perspective they both had mm-hmm. insane jokes both outstanding writers i am terrified of either yeah uh if any one of them challenge me i will go into hiding i have no i'm terrified yeah i couldn't but agree more <laughs> what i will say while they were both great joke writers. Grace, from a strategy perspective, did a couple things that were really impressive to me. One of them was early on in the battle, she made reference to Evelyn's voice. And she did it in the cadence that Evelyn speaks in. And then for the rest of the battle, every time I heard Evelyn speak, I thought back to Grace's joke. Even as Evelyn was killing, I was having residual laughter for Grace because it was such a good observational joke.
1: I couldn't agree more. And I think it did, it helped Evelyn a little bit because it gave her a little bit more charm Mm, in, in some of the jokes. Like, like there was, I can't remember the, the one, but they, they zoomed in on Evelyn's face as she finished it. And it was like absurd and she didn't make a, a she didn't change at all. Mm -hmm. And the audience laughed at it and I was like, oh, they wouldn't have laughed if Grace hadn't made that joke. Which leads me to something that I love, and I truly believe in a roast battle, which is that the most important thing you can do in a battle is make your partner look good. Yeah. And I think that's, like, the number one pitfall people fall into is they get actually competitive instead of trying to create the best show and not just win. And I thought both of those – Battlers did an excellent job of doing that.
0: It's a delicate balance, especially in a title match. And maybe this is why there are some substandard title matches, because it becomes more competitive, because you have to win. You want to take home the belt. You want to be the champ. But in this case, the chemistry between the two of them was excellent. We've heard our friend Jeff Ross say on multiple occasions, like, you were dancing up there, right? It seemed like they were definitely, like, on the same page. I don't know if they're friends in real life or not, but the, the chemistry was really apparent. And it was just an excellent battle. And by the way, special shout out uh, to Evelyn. The you look like Republicans should be debating whether or not you could play in the women's league. Chef's kiss of a joke. Flawless. Just outstanding. Yes.
1: And the the five the six feet from her the vagina. I didn't know that was one of those. Took a left turn. Yeah. She, the first part made me laugh because it's just a his, hilarious image, and then when she brought in the pandemic, it was like one of those great two hit punches
0: and the, the last thing we have to talk about on this one uh and w- sorry we have so much to talk about on this one but it was such an outstanding battle and i think we would be remiss if we did not mention sort of the art of the comeback early on in the battle yes. that was where grace scored serious points for me everything evelyn had grace was ready for it the alcoholism her size everything evelyn threw at her grace had a rebuttal ready to go and that is a really effective weapon when utilized like that.
1: I, I agree, and I think that's what edged Grace out in the battle. Spoiler yeah. alert, she kept her title. Uh, because they both had excellent jokes, but Grace had a comeback. She was ready. She knew herself. And there's just something about comebacks win rose battles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And th- there's a reason that Grace is the champion. Of course, we have a f- tremendous... Global League right now, we have champions all over the world. Here in L.A., it's Joe Urell. In New York, it's Eric Bergstrom. There are champions from every corner, and they are all tremendous. But based on that performance, Ooh. If, if we're doing a power rankings, Chicago and Grace Leishman have to be right up there. And I hate to say that as an L.A. guy, but we really got to step up our game because that was impressive.
1: I couldn't agree more. I, I want her to come to L.A. and battle Joe, but...
0: That would be a dream match, <laughs> and hopefully someday we can see that because that champion versus champion. Mm, I don't know if you're foreshadowing or just wishing upon. I'm just star, wishing because either way,
1: I just wanted to come to LA because she's so good.
0: I completely agree, Grace. If you're if you're watching this, we're big fans. Come to LA, Evelyn as well. Evelyn, yeah, I was gonna. We have we have a, a, a lot of a lot of hot topics and Spencer gifts out here. You would fit <laughs> right in. Uh, this does it for the first episode. I, I had a really good time. This was yeah. a lot of
1: fun. I I could talk roast battle strategy for hours. And the
0: good news is you're going to have plenty of opportunities to do that because we have no shortage of footage coming in. Right now we have seven cities. I don't want to get ahead of the game, but it won't always be seven. Might be more on deck. But for now, uh, I'm Pat Barker. This has been Sarah Keller, and uh, we're signing off. Thanks for checking it out, everybody.